What's up, young adults? Welcome back to the Paper and Podcast Uncomfortable Edition. Um, if you're new here and you don't know who I am, I'm Megan. I'm the intern here at BT Church for young adults. Um, and I've started a series on the Paper Room podcast called Uncomfortable, um, which is just a series I've started to equip young adults to be ready for all the uncomfortable situations in life uh, for the sole purpose of becoming closer to God. I think that in order to find comfort in God, we really have to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations to rely on Him. Hmm. Um, and so this is all based on Ruth and her story. Um, I feel like she left her comfortable situation for an uncomfortable reality. Um, she left the only God she knew. She left the only religion she knew. She left the only family she knew. Um, the only place she had ever lived for a whole new uh, life. And uh, she did that with uh, confidence in the God that her mother-in-law believed in. And so that's just where my heart comes from this whole series. Um, and so, she, but another thing about Ruth is she didn't left the she didn't let her depiction of comfort, uh, her situation depict her level of comfort. And so I just find so much hope in that. Um, that in the uncomfortable reality of her situation, she found so much comfort in it uh, through believing in God. And so, yeah. And so with that being said, these episodes of Uncomfortable are based around conversations, interviews with different people about different topics that may seem uncomfortable to us. um, But in reality, they're filled with so much comfort when we press deeper into Jesus through them. So Today, we have Pastor Colin with us. What's up, everybody? And we're going to be talking about um, the gospel. Why the gospel is uncomfortable. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons that we're going to go through through of why it may seem uncomfortable, but also just a huge reminder that in the gospel, there's so much comfort found through Jesus throughout the uncomfortableness that may come with it. Um, so I've known Pastor Colin for a long time. He mm-hmm. was my high school youth pastor for about two years. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Colin? Yeah. So uh, my name is Colin. I'm a student pastor and missions pastor of BT Church, and I've been here uh, for a while, I think it's five years, six years, twelve years. I don't know. Five years, I think. Yeah. Six years, I don't know. Um, but been, here, been for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I, obviously, I, I don't keep track too much of that. Um, but man, I'm grateful to be here. Um, and so, man, I'll just just kind of prop you up real quick. I'm I'm grateful for this podcast too, like just to see yeah. kind of what you've been able to do, Megan, to see how you've grown and all that. Um, but you know, uh, Megan and I were able to talk earlier. And, and I was kind of sharing with her some of my struggle with um, like being on podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's totally personal. It's not like, I don't, I don't have this like big principle, but, um, but just the reality of like what you're bringing to the table through this podcast is there's conversations that need to be had mm-hmm. and there's voices that need to speak into things. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody seems to have something to say, um, but probably not everybody needs to say something. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think what you're doing is you're bringing some of the right voices into some of these these conversations about what it means to be uncomfortable, mm. um, but the goal is not to stay uncomfortable. It's yeah. to, like exactly like, like we, what you were saying is to find comfort in Christ. And so I don't know that I'm that voice right mm. now. That's the kind of in, internal struggle for me. Um, but I have this firm conviction um, that man, when the, the truth of God is proclaimed, uh, people are comforted by mm. that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what we get to rest on today. Yeah. And so Megan, I applaud you for what you're doing, and it's it's awesome. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. It's cool. Thank you. I'm I'm excited for this topic yeah. and what God's going to do through it and just uh, the peace he's going to provide. Yeah. So I'm excited. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Why is the gospel uncomfortable? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Simple, right? Uh, it's not. So uh, let's close it up and let's go home. So, yeah, let's, good let's, podcast, let's, guys. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> I, no, um, 
honestly, um, I think that the gospel is uncomfortable. Um, now, like, comfort's a weird thing. Maybe. Yeah. Like, the things that make you uncomfortable may not make me uncomfortable and vice versa. For sure. So it's hard to say, like, the gospel makes people uncomfortable. Um, I, I am convinced, though, that there are elements uh, of our lives with Jesus that are uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and those things don't exist without the gospel. Um, and so what, I, what I'll say about this, right? Like, why is the gospel uncomfortable? I think if the gospel is uncomfortable for us, it's because we've misunderstood the gospel. Mm. I think it's that we've misunderstood the gospel. And I, I, I've said this to our student ministry before, and um, I think sometimes that we uh, mistakenly turn the gospel into just kind of good advice mm. for people. That's good. And um, But we know this. Like historically, we've heard pre- preachers say it forever. Like gospel literally means good news. Mm-hmm. Good advice and good news differ in a lot of ways. And if we don't really try to understand what the good news is, just that declaration, that proclamation, um, and we reduce it to just good advice, what it turns into is just like every other kind of self-help mm. book out there. It's mm-hmm. like if you say your prayers, if you eat your vegetables, yeah. if you get a good night's sleep, then you'll probably be better off in life. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see that in the gospel. Yeah. I see a declaration that God has done something that mm. changes our lives mm. and our eternities. Mm. And so I think, to answer your question, I think the reason the gospel makes us uncomfortable is because a lot of times we've just misunderstood the gospel. Mm. It shouldn't. Right? If the gospel is good news, it should bring comfort. Yeah. It should bring um, an eagerness, eagerness for us to be faithful to the Lord. It should bring... Um, sense of passion about the work of the Lord, right? Mm. Um, and so I think that's probably important for us to kind of clarify yeah, for what, sure. you know, what it is we talk about when we say the word gospel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what would you say that definition is, like just to lay it out there? Yeah, so I mean, like scripture talks about the gospel a lot and there's mm-hmm. not like a, like, here's the answer yeah. for you, right? Like obviously people are gonna come back to John three sixteen for God so loved the world that mm-hmm. he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Like that encapsulates a lot of what the gospel is. Um, I think about what Paul says to the Romans where he's like, I am not ashamed of this gospel. Mm. Uh, the gospel is the power of salvation to all who believe. Mm. Right. So therein, like both of those things, there's this very heavy call to salvation. Now, like if the gospel is good news, then what is the declaration? Like what are we being saved from? Mm-hmm. And so this is just my experience with like students and, and young adults and sometimes parents is like, uh, it's no secret the world is a hard place to live. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's a difficult place to live. The best friendships you have can break. Yeah. Uh, the best uh, um, plan for your life can fall apart. Um, there are elements of our lives that is as good as we try to do, as faithful as we can try to be to the Lord, things just don't always work out the way that mm-hmm. we wanted them to. Um and I think that we start to try to find the cause for those things and we can blame it on a person or a situation or somebody just being a hater. Like, um, But if we trace all of those things back, like mm-hmm. we're going to find that the cause, the root cause of all those things is sin. Mm. And it's as we look at, at Genesis, we see that God created the world perfectly. Yeah. It was beautiful. Like, um, And sometimes like, I just like to like think <laughs> in my like my 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 imagination like uh just the work that God's doing to me i like to think about like what creation was like before the fall mm. 
And it's kind of unfathomable, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to think through that because our world is so, like my experience is so wrapped up in what the brokenness of our world is. It's distorted. Yeah, like we can't see clearly. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I think about the gospel and what we're being saved from, we got to get back to that problem, the original problem that has plagued humanity Mm -hmm. since Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord is sin. And the world broke from the ground up. So the good news for us, sorry, bring it all back, the gospel declaration, the proclamation, uh, is that God has handled that problem for us. Mm. Like we couldn't fix it ourselves, but God did. And he did it fueled by his love for us. Like he sent his son to die the death that we deserve for ourselves because every sin requires death, right? Like that's the penalty for our sins. And and we couldn't we couldn't pay the right kind of price or yeah. we couldn't give the purest sacrifice for that. Um, and so God saw fit to do it because he loves us. Mm. Um, and so the gospel is like, hey, like, I recognize that things are broken, but I am stepping into your brokenness. Mm. I'm stepping into the world that you broke mm. and I'm going to liberate it from the chains of That's slavery, good. right? Like I'm going to liberate uh, you from the broken patterns of your life. And there's this promise that as I'm doing these things, I'm going to come back and there's going to be a moment where everything changes yeah. finally. And like, I love this when we look at Revelation. It's like, there's going to be tears wiped from mm. faces, right? Such there's going to be no verse. no, uh, no sin plaguing our mm. world anymore. No brokenness. Like, we're just going to be in the presence of the Lord, yeah. King Jesus, right? It's a, it's a really powerful, powerful thing to think about sometimes. So I'm kind of rambling. Um, but yeah, I, I think that when we talk about the gospel, we talk about the good news that mm. God has saved us or, or made a way for salvation for us. Yeah, that's good. I love how you just laid it out that it's good news because it is. It should be celebrated right. that we're being saved from, like you said, the brokenness that we're supposed to be living in. Mm-hmm. But yet God was so gracious and kind to meet us where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a beautiful thing. So I love that you talked about that. Um, and another part of the gospel is like it requires change. You know, mm-hmm. it requires picking up your cross daily, mm-hmm. surrendering to him, dying to your flesh. Yeah. Like it really requires putting all your pride to the side fighting what is normal to us like because right. sin is is immediately met us when we were born into this yeah. world um and that's what the norm is to us you know um and it literally means living in the gospel and becoming a christian is literally fighting that right. it's fighting that spiritual battle of man i i'm fighting my flesh today i'm mm-hmm. i'm picking up my cross and i'm dying to my sin right. um so how would you say like the gospel requires mm-hmm. that change and and why yeah, so I think you nailed something I missed mm. earlier, right? Like we talk a lot about the death, the death of Jesus. Like he paid for our sins. Mm. Um, the gospel didn't start <laughs> when he died, yeah. right? Like the declaration is that he rose up, mm. right? Like like the sin that plagues us, the death that was our destiny, uh, was defeated yeah. when Jesus rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. And there's this real clear call there that that resurrection. Uh, that resurrection is is then extended to us as believers. And so um, this language that we talk about, like pick up your cross and, yeah. and carry me. I'm sorry, pick up your cross and carry it. Um, that's language that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because again, like we think through the cross as this torture device mm-hmm. of you know ancient you know, stuff. And um, that's not something we think to ourselves like, oh, I can't wait. Like, I just can't wait. Like, yeah. I have so much comfort and joy in doing this. Like, that's just not, that's not the call. Yeah. Um, and if we stay there, like then we recognize, um, or then we can't recognize the hope that we have mm. through 
dying to ourselves. Now, I think about this, right? Like Paul, Paul talks about um, he talks about the gospel in First Corinthians fifteen, fifteen, and he lay, basically lays out that chapter. Every one of our sub subtitles there, he talks about the necessity mm. of the resurrection. He says that resurrection is essential to the gospel. It's essential to our faith. Mm. Christ's resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Resurrection supported by Christian experience and the victorious resurrection that we have ultimately because of Jesus. And like he, he says it in such a way that, that like we cannot afford to miss on the fact mm. uh, that the resurrection experienced uh, by Christ is then uh, passed on to us as a, as a future hope. Yeah. And so like we don't live our lives just trying to bide our time until Jesus comes back. Like we're constantly in the process of being made new. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, again, he says in Second Corinthians, right? Like if anybody's in Christ, he's a new creation. Mm-hmm. Um, the old has gone, the new has come. Now, taking up our cross is, I think, that daily discipline yeah. of learning to recognize that we don't have it all figured out, and he does. Mm-hmm. And we can't afford or we can't be able to hear the things that God has to say if we're not actively suppressing and killing off our old ways yeah. of life. And that's some of the language, I think, about sanctification. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that God is working it right. Like yeah. he, He's making things right. He's actively at work, removing the broken patterns, mm-hmm. uh, the stings of death and sin, um, to instill, like the fruit of His Spirit, mm-hmm. right? To ex- instill in us the mission that we have to be, you know, uh, ministers of reconciliation for others, right? Like, um, so like whenever I think about what it means to to die to yourself, like that's an uncomfortable conversation, mm-hmm. but the truth embedded in that should be the kind of thing that that fires us up Mm -hmm. every day. Like what an opportunity for us uh, to get to walk side by side with Jesus. Yeah. To let him direct our steps, to let him, let him uh, peek into our Mm -hmm. lives um, and to start kind of evaluating us and to start exposing some of the things that are broken uh, so that he can, again, like infuse us with Mm -hmm. the light of the world, like the life that we have afforded to us in Jesus. So, yeah. So I think about this way. I want to kind of come back. And one of my one of my friends said at one point, like, um, he was actually it was one of my professors. He said, uh, he's giving us a lecture. He said, let, let me put this rock in your shoe, right? Just like an analogy or metaphor for us. And he just said, let me put this rock in your shoe. And he gave us some like truth. I don't remember what the truth was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember the like the analogy yeah. he was giving us. And it's like I think about that. Like I did sports growing up all the time, and like I know what it's like to be on the field and have like a rock get into your cleat. Mm. And it's super annoying. Yeah. And like if you have like a, a rock in your shoe, you can't walk the same, mm-hmm. right? Eventually what you have to do is you have to take your cleat off and get mm-hmm. it out so that you can walk and be effective, you know, um, in your task at hand, yeah. right? And I think that the truth of God is like that sometimes. Mm. It's it's like the thing that that we can't get away from. Yeah. At some point that truth makes us uncomfortable, right? It's the yeah. rock in our shoe. But the goal is not to be annoying and be uncomfortable. It's to draw attention to the things that are hurting us yeah. and keeping us from being effective in our walk with Jesus so that we can deal with it and get mm-hmm. it out. And there, when the, when the truth confronts us in those places, though it's uncomfortable, it's meant to liberate. It's, yeah. meant, it's meant to make us free. It requires change. Yeah, change. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Um, I loved how you mentioned the verse, a new creation, because that's yeah. such an important part of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You're literally being transformed into what God has made you to be. Right. Um, and with that, it requires putting down your old life right. and it requires uh, putting down sin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really hard uh, thing for us to grasp mm-hmm. as humans. 
It's hard for us to grasp that a Savior would die on the cross and take our sin and would actually let us walk in freedom right. um, and have a chance to go to heaven and spend eternity mm-hmm. um, with him. That That's hard for us to grasp. And I've seen it um, in my community. It seems like it's more comforting to stay in that level of sin than actually admit the freedom that's been paid yeah. for you yeah. and walk in the uncomfortableness of yeah. what that feels like. Yeah. Um and so why do you think it's so hard for us to accept the freedom that is there in the gospel? Mm. Why is it so hard for us to accept the freedom mm. that's given to us in the gospel? Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, this one's not going to be real popular, I don't think. But I, I think that the reason we struggle with the freedom given to us in Jesus is because we're a little too comfortable being enslaved to sin. Mm. Right? Like... Um, if you have these broken patterns in your life, like call it what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like if it's, you know, every sin's a sin. Every sin deserves punishment, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I don't want to fall into the trap of making some big, some some sins bigger than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like we tend to think of like white lies as like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like I'm not murdering somebody. Yeah. Um, but man, if you get locked in the pattern of like white lies, like it's hard to break that. Yeah. Right. And I think that that like sometimes that's where like pornography is a mm-hmm. real challenge for us. It's like we just think like, well, man, it's just like this one release. And mm-hmm. so maybe I don't need to uh, uh, like maybe I won't become addicted to it. But before we know it, like years have gone by and like yeah. the, 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 the sins are like sh- they've shackled us up. Like we are wrapped up in those chains and we can't seem to shake them. And so what do we do? Like I have this conversation with people a lot where. Whenever you're locked in that pattern of sin, the ten- the temptation for us is just to make peace with it, mm. right? And so uh, what happens is we just think that that's just a part of who we are. Mm. Um, and so we accept it. Um, but that's not what Jesus came to do for yeah. us, right? Like the freedom we have given to us in Jesus breaks every chain, yeah. every chain. And so what I, th- like, I, okay, so like there's the syndrome, right? Like uh, it's called Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. And, and it's just like, in short, it's basically the reality that sometimes when people are in like abusive relationships, uh, the uh, one that's being abused starts to sympathize and empathize with the abuser. And they think to themselves, like, like because they care about them, they're like, well, I can't really afford to leave because I, like, what's going to happen to them? Mm. And so they put themselves in this, in this environment where they're constantly being abused and they They've just made peace with it because they want what's best for the person in front of them. Yeah, like sin doesn't play that game with us. Mm. It's never meant to make us better. It's yeah. never meant to make us. Uh, uh, we're not supposed to hold out hope that maybe one day um, uh, they're going to change. Uh, the reality is, is when Jesus came to die for our sins, He came to liberate us from those things yeah. too. And so those things have no power over us. Yeah, we don't need to sympathize with our weaknesses, right? We don't need to sympathize with our sins. Uh, we need to walk in the freedom God has given mm. us. And so uh, what I think needs to happen for us is we need to recognize that, that those sins are, um, I mean, they're a sickness, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's, they need to be dealt with. Yeah. And there's no, uh, no small sin, no small pattern in our life uh, that is going to help us walk in freedom. They're yeah. always going to limit us and our ability to walk in freedom in Christ. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That was really good, uh, Colin. I love how you just laid that. Oh, I'm like, wow, I feel <laughs> I feel ready. <laughs> um, but uh, that just, when you said that right now, like there's no, like sin is gonna make us sick. Mm-hmm. That is the way we think of the scripture where Jesus is like, I did not come for the righteous. Yeah. I came for those who are not healed. Right. And I came for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so literally Jesus came yeah. to heal us. 
And that's something like to not to not miss out on. Yeah. He came for our freedom. Um, and that's just, man, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so with that, this freedom and this good news that we can walk in with scripture, it requires us to change the way we think. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to put down our sin and accept this freedom, it definitely challenges our personal views mm-hmm. and it challenges us to switch the way we think from selfishness to selflessness. And the gospel is is consuming, you know, yeah. it's good news, but it radically transforms the way right. you live um, like Jesus did when he came. Um, and so how would you say the gospel uh, challenges our views? How would you say the gospel can challenge or fix the way we think? Yeah, I, I think it's the rock in the shoe, mm. right? It, it's the thing that like, it, it, it might make us uncomfortable in the moment, uh, but man, when it's dealt with, like it, it's liberating, it's freeing. Mm. And so um, I think that, that actually let me back up, like uh, give me the question one more time because I, I think I was gonna twist it, but. I want to make sure that I'm oh, being faithful to what you're asking. How does uh, how does the gospel challenge the way we think yeah. our views? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it challenges because it's truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and that truth is meant to set us free. Yeah, like that's again, that's Bible, right? You'll know the truth; the truth will set you free. Um, sometimes we feel like like truth stifles us. Mm. It just contains us. It puts us in this box, and it, and it limits our freedom. It uh, it uh, limits our creativity. Mm-hmm. It limits our identity. We think that it limits uh, just who we are as people. And we, especially in like 21st century America, as Gen Z, millennials, whatever, like we want to hold to those things because we think they're critical to mm-hmm. who we are. And so we have a hard time letting the gospel break into that part of our life sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to remember that the truth that God gives us is never meant to restrict us, mm-hmm. ever. The truth that God gives us is always meant to liberate us. Yeah, that's why I think what Paul's getting at when he's talking to to the Romans, right? Uh, he's not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of salvation to all who believe. Mm. Like it's a critical part of our salvation. Like mm. we recognize that the truth that God has given us is a gift. Mm. It's it's uh, it makes us more human than we could be mm. without it. That's right? good. So, yeah, I think that's no. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Um, wow, you're just, you're, you have all these fiery answers, God, I'm like, dang. (laughs) Um, but another aspect is that, like we've talked about before, like the gospel is changing, it it changes us, Mm -hmm. um, and it consumes every part of our life. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact of it. Um, you can't be halfway in it. Like you said, like any part of sin, it's, it's destructive. Um, you can't, you can't flirt with sin. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's all or nothing right. um, because it's consuming. But mm-hmm. we have victory over and authority over it because of the gospel, because yeah. of the good news of who Jesus is. And so um, how can the gospel affect our relationships? You know, maybe that's yeah. setting up boundaries or yeah. whatever that may be. Yeah, I, I think you answered it, right? Like it's it's not, well, it's boundaries for mm-hmm. sure. Um, like when God speaks to what's healthy for us, he's speaking to what's healthy for us. Mm. Good advice, good news, right? He's not saying take it or leave it. He's saying, this is what life in my kingdom looks like. Mm. And, and I think sometimes like where we struggle, like let's get back to the uncomfortable thing. Like if God is telling us like, man, don't, don't be unequally yoked. We think to ourselves, yeah, but what about the mission? Like didn't Jesus come to seek and save the lost? Can't that, can't my relationship be a vehicle to, to save somebody? It's like, yeah, it, it, it can be. Except that God called you to not be, <laughs> unequally yoked yeah like the boundary exists 
And I think what we begin to do sometimes is we rash we out we try to out rationalize God in His mm. own truth, and it's like you can't you can't do that. Yeah, um, that I think is where Adam and Eve fell victim in the garden. It's like, did God really say those things? Mm. And next thing you know, the world is broken up, and here we are, all these years later, still feeling the pains of mm. that rebellion. Um, so what I would say is like, where does the gospel challenge our relationships? Um, the, again, the gospel speaks truth about our relationships, and those things are meant to be a gift. Those boundaries are meant to be a gift. They're not meant to limit our experience in the relationship. They should be in, in, uh, able to enable love. Like I think about about this, right? Like First um, John four eight says, like God is love, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I remember being like twenty and hearing that, and just like, oh man, like sorry, I was like in the th- like I was dating who's now my wife, right? And I was like, man, like this is what love is. And like, I'm like, I'm on fire for the Lord. And like, man, like uh, uh, the love I have for her is is a window into mm. the God, uh, into the love that God has for me. Like that's amazing. I still believe that. But what that began to do for me was I began to look at new expressions of what love could look like mm. and think to myself, well, if I feel this love, then it must be from God. Mm. But really what I was doing is I was trying to flip those words around. It was not that... God is love is that I was making love God. Mm, that's right? good. And like when you redefine what God has already set in yeah. stone, uh, you're in sin. Mm. <laughs> like that's like just plain and dry. And so when God gives us standards about like keeping the, the marriage bed undefiled, right? Or or that um that that sex, this beautiful gift that God has given for us, um, is meant to be enjoyed within the boundaries of covenant marriage. Mm. Like I'm not talking about like marriage by the state. They signed some document and somebody submitted it. Now it's in some record place yeah. in, in in Austin. What I'm getting at is like before the Lord, people have come together and said like I'm committed to this in the yeah. way that God is committed to me. Yeah. Um. Like those are boundaries again that aren't meant to limit us. Mm. They're meant to liberate us. Yeah. And give us freedom to experience the love of God. Mm. Uh. In very very real and very pure ways. Right. Mm. God is love. Love is not God. We don't worship this emotion. We don't chase this emotion. But if God is love, that means he's the standard definer and boundary maker, right, mm. uh, of what love is. And so um, I think that that same principle can be applied to friendships, um, relationships with coworkers and yeah. so, those sorts of things. Like um, we need to let what God says be the standard mm. for us. That's good. Yeah. Cool. And so that brings me to my my next question of love, you know, that goes back to John three sixteen for God so loved the world mm-hmm. um, that He sent His only Son and it's eternity. You know the gospel uh, clarifies our eternity based on Scripture and what He has done for us and um, what the gospel is. It's the good mm-hmm. news of liberating liberating us from our sin mm-hmm. and uh, having an eternity spent with Jesus. So I kind of said the question of what I was saying, but yeah. <laughs> how do, how does the gospel clarify uh, our eternity? Yeah. So um, again. I- I think you nailed it. Yeah. It's good. Uh, <laughs> it's good. Like Megan, people need to hear from you too. Um, I think sometimes what happens for us is we we think that our salvation starts the moment we die, mm. right? And so like this weird in between spot where it's like I've been saved, my salvation's for eternity. Um, we kind of like don't do much. Some of us don't do much with it in the meantime, like between the point we're saved and the point we die. Mm. Um, but what I I think we need to begin to recognize is like eternity starts the day that you've been saved. Mm. And so like we, and we, and we limit what God can do in our lives yeah. because we're just waiting for him to like fix it when we die. 
Like we can enjoy the presence of God here and now. Mm. Like that's just good theology, right? Like we can enjoy the fruits of abiding in Jesus mm. right now. We don't have to wait till the day we die. Like eternity starts the moment you give your yeah. life to the Lord. And so um, that's what I'm getting at earlier. Is like the gospel really shouldn't make us uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it does when we hold on to our sin. It mm. does when we try to redefine the things that he's called good. It does whenever we try to limit the scope of what God can do here and now. Yeah. The gospel should liberate us. Yeah. It should be good news that has very, very profound, very good, very healthy implications for how we mm. live today and through eternity. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Um, so for just ending uh, this podcast off of what we've talked about, um, what are some practical steps or advice mm -hmm. that you may have for someone who's maybe really struggling right now? Maybe mm -hmm. they've never heard the gospel before or they have and they're just wrestling uh, with mm -hmm. their inner spirit or inner flesh and they're sticking with the side of uncomfortable but scared to go all in of what that may right. look like because so much comfort is found right. when you leave your sin of that comfort and right. walk in the uncomfortableness of freedom. Right. Oh man, so a uh, very real, very important one right now is I think... Um, like give your life to Jesus. Mm. Like we, we struggle with, I think many people struggle with giving their lives to the Lord because they understand that it requires change. Yeah. That it's going to, uh, that there's going to be this process in which we undergo salvation, uh, sanctification. And, and um, it's not always going to be, again, Bible, it's not always going to be like pie in the sky, like seeing Kumbaya around a, mm -hmm. a fire somewhere. Like it's going to be real struggles. And, uh, Sometimes we don't want to sign up for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I would I would argue, um, just in the way that, that our pastors do here, it's like, uh, it's not that you're never going to have a hard day mm -hmm. again. It's just the, the fact, the truth, that you'll never have a hard day alone. Yeah. And, and there's hope that moves us through that. Mm -hmm. You can't have that hope if you've not committed your life to Jesus. Yeah. And so for anybody that's listening, anybody that's watching, I would just encourage you, like, it's got to start there. Mm. Um, uh, the Gospels, um, the letters in the New Testament are very clear. Like, it's not that you have to get your life in order first. Yeah. It's that if you uh, confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if you need to make that decision today, I would encourage you to do that. Like, just take time now, pause the video, yeah. pause the podcast, and like, just pray, cry out to God. Like, let that be your cry. Pray the scriptures back to God. Let him know what's going on and invite him to save your life. And if you do that, I would encourage you, like, hit up BT Young yeah. Adults. Like, just slide Reach into the DMs and let them, let them know, like, hey, I just made this decision and, and uh, I need help walking with Jesus. And, like, we're committed to doing that for you. Mm. Um, that's the beauty of church. And I yeah. think that goes into the next steps I'd give for everybody else is like, once you've given your life to the Lord, be faithful, be faithful to be in the word of God. Mm. Uh, have a healthy diet of the word of God. Mm. Um, if you don't know how to read your Bible, you need to be in community with yeah. people. Like show up to church. Like Danny, I mean, Pastor Danny did a great job uh, uh, recently, right? Yeah. Like walking with people just... Mm -hmm you know, projecting up kind of yeah. how, how he studies the Bible. Like what a great resource. That's what we're doing at Young Adults, trying to equip people to walk with Jesus yeah. more effectively. And so uh, you got to be in the word of God, got to be with the people of God, and got to be in the house of God, mm. okay? Um, these are non-negotiables for us. Yeah. That's where we grow. Like yeah. we will be uncomfortable uh, in the growing process, mm. but the point of being uncomfortable in the growing process is not to stay uncomfortable. Yeah. If you get, if you get enough reps in, 
Now the miles start to feel a little less mm-hmm. taxing, right? The weight starts to feel a little bit less heavy. Yeah. If you get enough reps in, uh, these things become second nature. And before you know it, you're not trying to walk with God. You're walking with the Lord, yeah. right? So be in the word of God, mm. be in the house of God, be with the people of God. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much for being on this You're awesome, podcast Megan. today. This is good. <laughs> um, I hope this episode encouraged someone and you found uh, maybe comfort in just knowing that like, even if you're going through the pruning process of right. the gospel transforming you and changing your, your views or right. walking in freedom, maybe for the first time yeah. that it's okay to feel maybe the uncomfortableness of what that's feeling like for right. the first time, because immense comfort is coming from yeah. uh, your Lord and Savior who loves you so much. So I hope anyone listening that you just feel loved today, not only by us, but just by uh, your father and by your savior. Um, and so thank you guys for listening. That's great. Hey, thank you guys for having me. We this love has been you. awesome. Megan, you're awesome. <laughs> you guys are killing it, man. Bye, guys. It Bye. <laughs>